I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. He also valued the pizza and the doctors and the chemist and the beautician and the hairdresser. All of those individual shops he valued higher because there was this modern, new, national brand supermarket in the complex. I got a valuation back $1 million higher than what, I, what they valued it at the year before. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Torrin Sham and in this episode, we're back with Philip King, author of Engines of Wealth and owner of over 50 commercial properties. He explains why an owner of a retail shop could be his ideal commercial tenant, the reasons the share market just isn't for him and how life may be less of a box of chocolates and more of a game of football. King explains why he prefers commercial investments over residential, a realization he came to after a $10,000 incident. Now, the tenants themselves, you've got to keep in mind, they spend their own money on the fit-out, but it's also their job. It's their livelihood, you know? So if they if they don't can't pay the rent, they'll borrow it off their mother, their auntie, their uncle, their father, their sister, their cousin, anyone but you, but they're not going to let you evict them because their fit-out is suddenly worthless if you if you lock the doors. And unlike the courts, you know, there's no children living there and the courts acknowledge that they're renting the commercial property for the purposes of making a profit and no children live there. So if, they have, if they've gone 14 days um, in breach of their lease and haven't paid their rent, you're legally allowed to go up and padlock the door. And when you do that, they've lost their job. So they're going to go and find and help telling you my worst experience and, and that would have been it like having to take the two weeks off work or having to take two weeks out of your retirement and go and fix up your property and drop 10 grand into it it's not what you want to be doing once he made the transition to commercial real estate he never looked back he shares a story about one particular tenant that will blow your mind the best experience in my life uh i had a tenant that uh basically ran a no-name, no-brand uh, grocery store. And it was run down, their lease expired. Uh, they rang me up and said, oh, unless you halve the rent, we're not going to renew. I said, thanks, that's okay. Um, I don't think you're adding any value to my building anyway. And I had an IGA franchisee. And this is a shopping centre with 10 shops in it that I own in Yarrawarra um, in the Sutherland Shire, uh, God's country, as I said. Uh, and 10 shops in that shopping centre and IGA signed a 15-year lease with me. At the time, I thought, I'm not even sure I'll be alive in 15 years, but 
happy to sign it because the longer lease tenure you have, well, the more uh, investors want to pay for that safety and security. And, and IGA is a national tenant. And what then shocked me is the franchisee came in and stripped the supermarket. They spent around $500,000 of their own money putting in new roof, new flooring, new fridges, new freezers, new shelving, new signage. I went up there, literally my jaw dropped and hit the ground and I said, oh my God, I own this. I own this building. Wow. And I'd only had it valued for the purposes of buying a building 12 months earlier. And when that finished, I went back and said to the bank, hey, could you go and value that again now that IGA has gone in there? Uh, because I really think that that's added significant value to the building as a whole. And what happened was the value of that went out there, Heron Todd White, valued each and every shop, not just the supermarket. He also valued the pizza and the doctors and the chemist and the beautician and the hairdresser. All of those individual shops he valued higher because there was this modern, new, national brand supermarket in the complex. I got a valuation back $1 million higher than what I what they valued it at the year before. So that's probably the best moment ever in my investing life was when I leased the property out to IGA and they spent $500,000 of their own dilly uh, beautifying and upgrading my my property. $500,000 investment, which was in yours, and you got a million dollar uplift in your own property. <laughs> it's phenomenal. In the book, you know, when people read, read the book, there's an analysis there about, um, you know, I, I talk about if you really want to be wealthy in life, you know, who do you ask? Um, and there's an analogy that I heard that, that said, let's treat life as like a game of football. Uh, and, you know, if you want to be wealthy in life, who do you ask? And I, I would teach graduates at IBM uh, property investing in, in the lunch hour. You know, I enjoyed help, helping the graduates. And they, uh, the most common answer that I would get is, uh, well, I'd ask a financial planner. They're going to be able to set me a plan for wealth. And look, some of them do. Definitely some of them do. But what in my experience I've found is that they're the first A guys running up and down the sideline of the football field. They want to come out and sell your life insurance. They're going to, which is important, of course, and you need it all. So if you get injured out there, uh, you're going to need, you know, third party disability uh, insurance. You're going to need income protection insurance, life insurance. Um, and so you need to have it, but a lot of people just get that through the super fund. Um, and I've even had financial planners when I've said to them, are you coming out to tell me how I can make money or are you coming out to sell me insurance? I've already got my insurances set up. They've turned around and walked away. And I've also had them coming out in their Hyundai's and I've opened my garage and said, you know, I've got a Mercedes here and you're going to tell me how to get wealthy. Really? So how are you going to do that? So that sums up the answer for financial planners. A lot of people would ask about the accountants. Oh, I'd ask my accountant. Now, in my case, Yes, I think my uncle was, was rare. Uh, he had a passion for property. He was a property investor uh, before he was an accountant, um, first and foremost. But for me, um, accountants typically, you tell them how much you earn. Uh, they tell you what 
your legal deductions are and and they help you minimize your tax legally and and they tell you how much tax you've got to pay so they're just the score boys they're, they're the scoreboard boys uh, in the footy field they're just keeping score tell you what you're gonna pay and the third surprising answer that I got was uh, I'd ask my lawyer now who when they're 25 30 even has a lawyer I don't think so um, but maybe it's just because you think they're the smartest people uh, because they do a six-year law degree, that they'll know how to get wealthy. And to me, that's just the referee on the football field. You know, the laws, they just penalise you if you're breaking the rule and you need them if you've earned that money illegally. Um, so the answer comes down, you know, who do you ask if you want to be uh, wealthy in life? You ask one of the players. You ask the richest person you know. And you ask, how did they get wealthy? Um and that's what I would say to the graduates to kick off the meeting. Uh, and I'd, I'd then say to them, uh, I have a, an investment portfolio of 50-odd commercial properties. I'm able to uh, generate an income that will fuel my retirement now. And I can teach you how I did that. And all that knowledge and that lesson is front and centre in the book. While there are many ways to make money, King sees this as the most secure way and when it comes to making a meal of wealth, there's only two key ingredients. Obviously, knowledge and a strategy is number one, which I provide through commercial property. The other element that you need is leverage. You need an asset that you can borrow lots of money against. Like if you make make 50% on a $100 investment, well, you've made 50 bucks. You're not going to be too happy. It's not going to be able to retire on that. Whereas if you make 5% on $100,000, you make five grand and that's something to talk about. So the message here is right now today, you know, I owe the bank $15 million. And people say, oh my God, how do you sleep at night? Um, and look, I say like a baby because you, you have a, all of these layers of onion rings that you could sell, that you can get rid of, that are generating a positively geared income that I can, I can offload if I want, I can sell them if I want um, before I get to my domicile residence. So largely, I'm, I'm well protected by this investment and it's generating a positive income stream. So I collect my rent, I pay all the expenses, I pay the bank their interest and there's money left over that can fuel my life. Uh, so I don't require a job to pay the loans anymore. Um, the properties of the commercial properties have always looked after themselves. And that's the best thing when I'm talking to investors. Um, you, know, I'm, uh, you know, I buy a property worth 500,000 uh, and if we're buying it at a 6.5% return, uh, the bank at the moment, we're only paying 2.5% on the interest. So, you know, we're making 4%, uh, which is $20,000 a year and 500 grand. Uh, and you look at that and think, okay, that's $500 a week. Imagine going down the pub every Friday night and playing the poker machine, sticking $5 in, winning $500 every Friday night for the rest of your life. You'd think you're the luckiest person in the world. Yeah, and you multiply that. This is exactly what you can achieve when you go and buy a commercial property um, on a 6.5% return, and you get eyes wide open to look at what it is you're buying. You know, let's say that in, let's say the tenant in that in that shop was an accountant, uh, and he'd been there for fifteen years. I ask people, 
do you use the same accountant every year? Of course. Most people do. Most people do, right? So I've been using the same accountant uh, for 30 years and I've never changed and I wouldn't think of changing. He's got all my details on file. He's got all my depreciation schedules in his computer. It, it would be a mess changing. No. So if I, if I buy a, a little shop which has got an accountant and he's been there for 15 years, odds are he's got a loyal, well-established client base that he's not going to go anywhere. Likewise, you know, one of my favourite tenant types is, a, is hairdressers because, you know, girls um, typically are fiercely loyal to their hairdresser. My wife goes to the same hairdresser. Um, I actually go to the same barber. Um, you know, so again, if I find a hairdresser that's been there for 15 years or 10 years, odds are she's got a great clientele of loyal customers already built up she'll be there another 10 years so these are the types of investments that we're looking for like so you know just to summarize them quickly and and you know if people want to email you i'll forward you a powerpoint presentation if you don't have time to read the book and it captures a lot of the key points that i've discussed today um, but if i if i look at the you know the this one here the characteristics of a great retail shop it's obviously location, location, location. You know, you imagine a cafe opposite Bondi Beach, pretty well it's never going to be vacant, right? And there's plenty of examples like that, a cafe next to a hospital, next to a, a park where lots of mothers frequent. Um, so we're looking at those location attributes in the shop. Um, I've discussed, you know, a tenant with a long trading history, hairdressers, accountants, etc. cetera. Um, modern expensive fit outs. Do you think that that IGA tenant that spent half a million on his fit out, do you think he's going to go anytime soon? No, he's going to stay there so that he gets the benefit back of the, of the half a million dollars that he invested, right? The best way to find a commercial property goldmine is to think like an insect. The other thing I love about you know Google, um, I say in the book, we want to buy a property in an ant's nest. So, and people are, what's an ant's nest? In a heavily populated area where there's lots of houses around and you get up on google earth um, and you zoom up to three kilometers in the air and you just make sure that it's a mature densely populated that there's plenty of houses around there so you know that there's going to be lots of foot traffic and lots of people to ensure that that tenant's business is successful and well patronated right coming up after the break King gives us an overview of engines of wealth and how following its steps can take you to where you might not have thought possible. There's, there's basically a, uh, a table in the book where I, I take you through step by step. Uh, ultimately, you, know, you go for you can see the shops, shop one, shop two, shop three. So the book starts off with buying one shop. The mistakes he's made in the past and how he's overcome them to become the powerhouse he is now. Very open with my life. Uh, I am someone that says I did make a mistake uh, and I have made errors. He shares what kind of income you can secure with just one singular purchase. That's $800 a week. You could be you could be going down that winning $800 a week on the pokies. How would you feel? But that could give you $800 a week extra income because you bought that shop and you've made that strategic decision not to sit on your hands and, and to be brave. And that's up next. I'm Tyrone Sham and you're listening to Property Investory.
Hey, let's be real. Deals that can yield 20 to 30% per annum do exist. Don't believe me? Well, here's a story about property development I invested in Victoria. This developer had the project fully funded beforehand, but he and his family suffered a loss, a circumstance that led him to be unable to proceed with the development. So, I stepped in and in two weeks, we funded the shortfall, allowing for the development to continue. Five months later, the development was refinanced and we received our funds back with interest. Yes, there are amazing opportunities in the property market like this one. So, do you want to get a better return with low risk on your money? Then, register your interest by visiting propertyinvestory.com. Coming back, King reveals where the title of his book, Engines of Wealth, came from and what it means. I was sitting uh, in, in Vietnam in a place called Nha Trang, uh, which has a big dragon going over the bridge and every half hour the thing, uh, it, you know, shoots fire out of its mouth. And I sat there with a bottle of uh, bourbon and started writing out potential names for the book. And I think that night I wrote down 50 names. Uh, but the one that stuck with me was Engines of Wealth. Uh, and, you know, if you have a look at the logo up here on the back, I hand drew this logo and then they digitized it for me. But it's the engine block says bakery, doctor, hairdresser, food, takeaway. And, and you know, that's your engine block. You've got this portfolio of shops and they're pumping out money. So, you know, I wish it could shake like a, an engine revving. Um, and but that's pretty well what I did. I uh, I just sat there writing down names and I discussed them with my wife the next day. Um, and that was pretty well the night I I also said I'm going to write a book. I'm going to write a book on commercial property. And then I planned out the chapters. Um, and look, I spend you know the, one of the other in, really in, important things um, just to finish off on those characteristics. Often. The number of employees when you're buying a shop uh, is a sign of the health of the business and the and the volume of business they do. And obviously, if it's the tenant itself, if it's a national chain like KFC, Subway, uh, you try buying a KFC or a Hungry Jacks, they're trading uh, at yields sub 4%, so they're hard to get. Um, there's an article on my website which is called The Cost of Quality, and it's analysis on the last uh, 12 Bunnings. Because Bunnings, you know, I always like to say there's always a bigger fish out there. I personally can't afford to buy Bunnings. You know, the one at Caring Bar here in the Shire, it sold for $59 million. Uh, so there's people out there with, with a lot of money. That's not me. Um, but, you know, another important thing is that there's a whole chapter in the book about my top tenants that I love. Um, and I've mentioned a couple of them. You know, my number one would be hairdressing salons, uh, bottle shops. You know, if, if you get bad news, like you've lost your job, you'll go and buy a carton of beer to, you know, drown your, drown your sorrows, to, you know, so to commiserate, you know. But if you get a promotion at work, you'll go and buy a bottle of champagne and celebrate. So it doesn't matter what's going on, a bottle is selling something. Uh, cafes are good. We all love our coffee in Australia. Uh, restaurants uh, especially. I've noticed a lot of my restaurants actually have had an uptick in business because people can't go out, they're saving a lot of money, so they're ordering in. So like Thai, Chinese, Italian, seafood, um, 
these are popular restaurants with the Australian uh, people and we order out uh, quite a lot. So they, they do very well, pizza, parlors. To own such a large portfolio is impressive by any standards but over 50 commercial properties takes it to a whole new level. King walks us through how he did it. There's, there's basically a, uh, a table in the book where I, I take you through step by step uh, ultimately, you know, you go for you can see the shops, shop one, shop two, shop three. So the book starts off with buying one shop, one little cafe. It explains how we value it, how we work out the net rent. Um, all of the outgoings are there and make sure that, you know, that they're all being accurately cited, you know, when you're going to buy that book, uh, that shop. Um, so we buy one shop and you probably keep it two years. And as I said, it's about you working, going back, focusing on your job, saving and paying the loan down. You, the, prop, the property, when you buy it, will be earning 6.5%. Um, so the tenant will be helping you pay the loan down as well. And then built into the lease, there'll be 3% or CPI increases. Now, I typically 3% increase built into the lease. So, you know, your shop will be rising in value about 3% per year. So, like, and if you're talking a five hundred thousand dollars shop, that's fifteen to twenty grand a year. That property is going to go up in value. So, in two or three years' time, when you go to the bank and have it revalued, you've got this building equity from the positive cash flow, the capital growth from the rental increase, plus your savings, and you're able to then leverage that to go and buy your second shop. And then the book takes you through how you go and buy that second shop, and you'll be a hundred percent borrowed on that second shop. Um, plus, you'll probably borrow the stamp duty and legal fees. So, if that second shop costs you five hundred, it'll probably cost you five thirty by the time you've added on purchase costs. But you're using equity from the first one, to, and so the bank now holds the two titles over both shops, and will give you the full loan for that second shop. At this point, those following the steps will need to keep saving hard for another two years but we'll also be building equity in both shops at the same time. So if you're building 15 grand in the first shop, now you're building 30 grand a year. This is before you wake up and get out of bed and go to work. You know, At the end of the year, you've got 30 grand sitting there in equity growth. Plus, you've got the cash flow. You know, And if you're positively geared, 4%, that's 20 grand a year in, in, in tenant's cash flow. Now, you do have to pay tax on that. It's income. So you know, maybe you'll get to keep 15 of that as well. But now you're talking, you're now talking 45 grand plus what you can save over two years. And a lot of people can save 20, 30 grand, you know, isn't out of the question. Some people say, rubbish, I can save 10. Okay, well, isn't it great to know that you've got equity growth and the tenant positive income that's adding 45 grand a year in, in equity to the two shops? So after a couple of years, you can go and borrow against that new equity now and buy a third. And so the book takes you step by step through the process of buying five shops. And you'll eventually, and it takes about, it takes 11 years in the book to do it. Now, all the numbers are in there. If you don't understand the numbers, then, you know, that's when you, if you want, you can go to my website and order a one-on-one with myself or anyone in my team. Um, I've got you know, three other staff uh, that, that run one-on-one um, consulting seminars. Um, or go and have a chat to your accountant or a property, any other property investor loves talking about property. 
My wife said to me, how long is this podcast, uh, Tyrone? I said, I think it's about an hour. She said, oh, that's a long time with the spoon. She thinks that I have the spoon for an hour. Oh, my God. So she couldn't possibly listen to me. But uh, the book takes you you through step-by-step building that first portfolio of five shops. And I think by the time you own five shops, you know, you're going to be generating $100,000 a year in income per year, positive cash flow. And that can be enough to retire on. That's what I, that, that's enough to retire on. And you mentioned, you know, is there anything I would recommend people reading? Um, there's a great book that I first read, um, my first investment property in, investment book I read. And there's a book by Robert G. Allen, and it's called Creating Wealth uh, Through Property. And it's, he talks about buying residential houses. He's a US author. It's, a, it's about the US market. It's not as relevant today to the Australian market. Um, but I first read that and there's a, a graph in there and he basically believes by the time you have you own five properties, you will be what he calls in financial orbit, where you're building equity and cash flow faster than you can spend it. Um, now, he never met my wife. She can spend it faster than that, but... Uh, I got to this point where I just felt, why stop? Aren't we supposed to be the best we can be in life? So I just had a passion and thought, well, I might as well keep going and I just never really stopped. He reset his strategy from residential to commercial 25 years ago. While he didn't start his commercial portfolio from scratch, it has taken him 30 years to get to where he is today. It is like a snowball running down the hill. When you first buy your first shop, it might be three years before you've built that equity that you can go and buy your your um, second one. And then it might be two and a half years before you can buy your third. But then it'll only be two years before you buy your fourth. And then it might be, you know, a year. Um, and what happened to me is actually I bought two in one year. As I sat back and waited and when I went, went and got them all revalued, well, they'd all popped in value, and I and I found that I could go and buy two that year. Uh, but but now, when I've got a portfolio as large as it is today, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I can buy a property. You know, I'll have enough equity after six months. His takeaway is not to underestimate the power of leverage when it comes to property. I owe a lot of money on that portfolio that I have. Um, so I don't own them. Uh, I owe the bank uh, a lot of money. Um, and so the bank are very comfortable with shops. Now, if that was a share portfolio uh, and the share market goes up and down, you're right, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. Um, the moment, you know, when COVID hit the world, uh, the share price of lots of companies. Oh, 50% drop straight away. Just dropped. I'm sure when Scott Morrison uh banned international travel, I'm sure that the share market of uh, Qantas took a dip that day. And if your bank manager rang, if your share manager or bank manager rang you up and said, Philip, your portfolio's dipped, you need to stick one or $2 million in, it's called a margin call. And I don't have it. I don't have that sort of money. I don't have any money in the bank. Um, I, I can't tip that money in. Well, they would sell my share portfolio, crystallize my loss, and I'd be tossed to the side. So I don't think that, you know, shares and share portfolio is a safe way 
um, to borrow and use leverage and to borrow large amounts of money. Now, it might be perfectly good for those people that actually have money in the bank and can take the risk and it doesn't matter and they're only risking 10, 15, 20% of their portfolio. Um, and I'm sure there's lots of millionaires out there that did it through share trading and options and futures. And But the pure and simple thing is that's not how I um, built my portfolio. It's not how I generate um, a solid income to retire on and live on. Um, I did that using commercial shops. And I think it's a very, very stable, reliable way. The tenants are invested with me. They've got their money in the fit out. It's their job, their livelihood. Uh, they look after the property. They spend their own money making it beautiful. And I haven't got that problem when I'm retired to fix it. And, and the other good thing is that it, it, it allows us to remote manage easily so because we own you know a concrete box and the tenant it's their job they're there on site every day this means i don't need to live around the corner i don't need to be there i can buy it and, and own it in queensland and if there's a problem yeah if there's if there's a you know a, a water leak i can the, the tenant can ring a plumber get it fixed send me the bill uh done you know, so it's very simple to, to remote manage something that's so low maintenance. For anybody who thinks they made a mistake early on, it can be hard to break out of that mindset. But King's words to his younger self are a reminder that you can always switch gears. I would have said, it worked. Well done. It worked because I made that decision uh, and I talk about it. There's a full chapter in the book. I'm very open with my life. Uh, I am someone that says, I did make a mistake uh, and I have made errors. Um, the first big error I made is I chose the wrong vehicle. Uh, I chose residential property. I was negatively geared. I spent a fortune on maintenance and repairs and I had lots of problems with tenants that, you know, didn't keep the property nice. I had lots of um, times where I took, you know, weeks and weeks of off work to go in and fix properties up and, and re-let them. Um, and the whole time I'm paying real estate agents, you know, absorbent fees, 15% of the first year's rent to find me a new tenant. Um, so I switched strategies over to commercial retail shops. And I'd love to go back to myself and say, that was a great decision and it really did, it really worked. Well done. Um, and now, uh, you know, if I'd have said, one day you're going to write a book on it, well, I think I would, I would say rubbish. So looking forward into the future, what are you most excited about in your journey for the next, say, five years, whether it be in property or helping your clients? What do you see yourself doing in five years' time? I would say to you, I absolutely love doing what I'm doing today. Um, I didn't really like being um, a corporate executive of IBM. I was the national sales manager. Um, you know, that role took a pound of flesh out of you. you were, they were 10-hour days, lots of travel, lots of time away from the family and doing something that I, I really didn't uh, enjoy. Uh, I've retired. I'm now doing something that I love. I love keeping my eye on the market. I love talking to real estate agents. Um, it's like being in charge of the ice cream. I'm, I'm watching uh, fantastic investment options come through. Uh, I really enjoy uh, getting those good quality properties in the hands of my clients. Um, I've got lots of clients and 
you know, if people are looking for references, I can I, I can happily provide those where some of my clients have had, you know, meteoric rises over the last two and three years in the values of their properties. Now, we all know the market has, uh, the yields have contracted. Um, I'm more and more, I'm seeing properties listed five, five and a half percent in Queensland now. So a lot of my clients that, you know, only 12 months ago bought at six and a half, seven percent, well, they've done really well. And I love um, seeing the fact that, that, you know, I'm teaching them how to replicate what's worked for me. Um, I enjoy coaching and mentoring uh, young people. Um, and, you know, I wish someone when I was 20 had, a, had a steered me into commercial property and I wouldn't have needed to, to go through that residential uh, learning curve. But I guess, uh, you know, our experience make us what we are today. Um, but, but both those journeys are, are discussed in the book. Um, yeah, you know, and that's that's really one of the highlights. And, and I, I've always been doing that when when university graduates joined IBM, uh, they would come along to my, I used to have call it the lunch and learn sessions, where I would, I would run, you know, property investment lunch and learn sessions um, for the graduates. And I think they got a lot out of that. And I know there's lots of those graduates today that are, you know, have been now in it for, for 10, 15 years. So that's how long I've been coaching people. That's fantastic. And yeah, you're, you're impacting a lot of young kids, you know, especially the younger generation. I, I'm so grateful to hear that that's what's happening as well because there is a lot of education that I think is missing in our current education system about building wealth, about property. And if we can tap into that and help the younger generation, they'll be much better off for the future. And we need to because, as I said, they've got it harder than us. So when they say it, believe me, they have. They do have. You've done a, a lot in your life. You know, you've built up a successful commercial property portfolio. How much of that do you think has been due to your skill, intelligence and hard work? And how much of it do you think is because of luck? It's absolutely been due to a strategic decision not to live your life in a normal manner. So... You know, I think when I look at that normal manner, you know, my mother and father, that you buy a house and a lot of couples do, and they pay that house off and they don't even think about an, another investment or leveraging the equity in that property until it's paid off. And then they want to save the money. They're against uh, debt and they're against borrowing money. They think if I borrow money and get loans, I'll end up going broke. Uh, well, that comes down to borrowing money for quality investments and, and income-producing investments. And that's a very different thing to borrowing money to buy a car or a holiday or expensive Christmas presents for your kids. Um, so it's, it's definitely a strategic decision you need to make to say, right, I am going to live my life this way. I am going to make a strategic decision to invest I'm not going to just buy a domicile residence. Uh, as soon as I've built up equity in that domicile residence, I'm going to leverage it and I'm going to look and go and buy a shop that will now help me with a positive income, capital growth occurring. Um, and by the way, the positive income that's being generated from the shop, you, you use to pay your domicile residence off first. I mean, any accountant's going to give you that advice. Um, you can still then go to the bank and, and borrow against that domicile equity 
uh, and and buy the, that other property. Uh, there's a there's a discussion in the book where I talk about this very point, where I say a lot of couples that I meet, uh, you know, they own their, they've been paying their house off, and you know, one couple reached out to me and said, oh well, we own our house. And I said, well, you know, how much is it? And they said, oh, well, we think it'd be worth 1.2 million. Wow. Um, okay, so the bank would lend you 80% of that. So let's say the bank lends you a million. And that means you've got a million dollars. You can go and buy a million dollar shop. And again, if we're buying a 6.5% return and, we're, and the bank's charging us 2.5% on the money, we're making $40,000 a year. That's eight hundred dollars a week. You could be you could be going down that winning eight hundred a week on the pokies. How would you feel? But that could give you eight hundred dollars a week extra income because you bought that shop and you've made that strategic decision not to sit on your hands and and to be brave. He's learned a lot over the years, but he's come to realize knowledge does more than just educate. You know, the one thing that removes the fear is knowledge. Knowledge, if you understand it, and you're you know, fully immersed in what you're doing and you've, you've got advice from other experts. Um, there's lots of people out there. I mean, I'm one property investor, but, you know, I have this strategy that I say to people about learning to get the knowledge. Step one, read the book. Step two, book a one-on-one with, with me. They go for about two and a half hours. You can log on to the website, put your details in there, uh, and we can jump on a two-and-a-half-hour call. Um, you know, with me or, or my staff. And step three is you can sign up as an Engines of Wealth client and I produce reports on properties and I can email some of your uh, readers or your listeners a few of those e- example reports that I've done on properties that, that I've already purchased. And, and they can see in there, here's a property. Um, there's one on the Taunton fruit shop that I bought for a client. Um Here's what I like about it. It's in the main street. Woolworths is across the road. So it's in the middle of an ant nest. Uh, it's got a mother and daughter team that, that are the tenants. They spent 250 grand on the fit out. It's beautiful, modern. Uh, it's in a fairly new building with good depreciation benefits. If you buy it, if we're buying it at this price, these are the outgoings. This is the profit it's going to return. This is what money you're going to make each year. Thank you to Philip King, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you love the show, perhaps you're now ready to invest your money in a low-risk, high-return deal. If you are, then SMS me your name and email address on 0499881040 to become a lender. There are amazing opportunities in the property market right now. And I'm looking for lenders who want to invest their money for as short as six months. What are you waiting for? Don't let your money just sit in the bank. To register your interest, text me your name and email address on 0499881040. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.